Hey everybody, I'm Eric Arnaud and this is Blank Cassette, the podcast that takes a closer look at your mixes to get the stories behind the songs. This week, we welcome the return of the inimitable Ben Rather, who you heard most recently on a couple collaborative episodes last November. This time, Ben's solo, and back with his legendary volumes, which you may remember are regularly burned CD chronicles that act as a bit of an autobiography for Ben's life. This episode sees us diving into Ben's volume 73, a 2003 mix he burned that coincides with his first steps away from the faith he grew up with. So this ends up being kind of a two-part story. Part one is his first moves away from an ingrained part of his life, and part two is looking back now and kind of reevaluating and seeing how far he's come. It's really fascinating. Now, of course, this is a pretty heavy topic, but as always, Ben tackles it with great thoughtfulness and aplomb. I'm sure lots of us who've had similar stresses with our family, our hometown culture, things like that, will be able to relate. So remember, if you have a mix you'd like to have featured on Blank Cassette, we'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to mixtape at nerdalogs.com with a track list and a brief description of why the mix exists. We'll get back to you ASAP, and you could be the star of the show. And as you probably remember or have figured out by now, Blankaset has indeed moved to a bi-weekly schedule for 2018 to help maintain the quality of the show and to save producers a little bit of sanity. Um, we hope you're still enjoying us, of course, and we love it if you want to show us some love by either sharing with your friends or rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That would be super cool. All right, everyone, let's hear once again from Mr. Benjamin Rathert. Uh, hello, I'm Ben Rathert, and this is my Volume 73. Mm-hmm. Some say you're crazy, say that you're no good, say your family's cursed with bad blood. I think your cuteness understood. I wouldn't change you if I could, then talk you down. I made this in the spring of 2003. It was the second semester of my freshman year of college. Uh, It had been kind of a rough year leading up to that. A lot of loneliness. Uh, I was four hours away from home. I did not have many friends. I made a few that year, but it was kind of just a a lonely and isolated time. Uh, I made this uh, along with Volume 72 uh, in over the course of Lent leading up to Easter, the season of rebirth in the Christian faith. Uh, and I, I was raised a Lutheran, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, ELCA. Uh, and my parents uh, still go to the church that I grew up in. Very active growing up. Uh, went to church every time there was service. Um, you know, every Sunday, of course. But, you know, if there were Wednesday services or things on Saturday night, you go to those too. But uh, the church was always just uh, an essential part of my life. Uh, throughout high school, as I got older, I started like thinking more about my faith and what it means to me, you know, to to be a believer in Jesus, uh, and 
and, and God and, and, and this idea. As I went away to college that first year by myself, I thought about my faith a lot, a lot, a lot. What it meant to me, I went to church once in a while, but I was not part of the same you know, congregation I was growing up at home with you know, the 100, 200 faces of people that I always knew and would see every Sunday. Um, so I even thought for a little bit there that I wanted to maybe be a minister um, because I had so many questions and like, you know, maybe that would lead me in some good directions. I, I kind of knew that I wanted to work with people and I thought that might be a, a good fit. Um, I, I walked away from that. But within a few months of thinking about it there, I realized that I'm not the guy for this job at all. And indeed, that was probably a good idea because I no longer identify as a Christian. <laughs> um, that uh, the time has, has kind of come and the years have, have laid on me that there, there's enough with being a Christian and having that kind of faith that I disagree with that I can't do that. I can't go to church anymore. I, I can't have an active faith and say that this is real legitimate. Take the 
For a few years there, I really tried to walk the line by, you know, going to my parents' church once in a while. I, I moved back home. After being away for 11 years, I, I moved back home. And uh, I, I tried to go to my parents' church once every couple of months, you know, more or less to keep up appearances. And my wife, Nikki, God bless her. She's wonderful. I, I chose to have her in my life for good reasons, and they're not always easy. But, you know, she, she brings it up. It's like, Ben, you're not going because you're religious. You're not going because of faith or the idea that, you know, we need to stay good with Jesus because um, I, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> those, those ideas have, have escaped as, as the years have gone by. I, I think I'm open to the idea of a higher power somewhere out there. Sure, but it does. But on such a level that it doesn't matter, you know, like that you, you wouldn't even need to recognize this thing if it existed. So, like, why are we even talking about it? So is that why we're talking about this now? Because you're kind of figuring out your orientation towards your parents' belief structure and, and what stand you're going to take in regards to that? Yes, that's that's exactly right. Um, I, at this time, put this volume together because I was thinking about Jesus as a man living a life, knowing the idea that you know he's here for to die for everyone's sins and choosing to take that on. This this volume actually moves through those last decisions in the last days and you know like and, and thereafter. Looking back on it now, I've seen this with other volumes. I was doing more than that. I was actually speaking to myself and I did not realize it. Uh, a lot of these songs are more or less notes to me about you're not going to believe in this stuff forever, Ben. Like the the reasons you're holding on to this, you can clearly see they're not going to run the distance. You know, you 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 don't have this. I guess what I'd say is deep enough inside of you that um, nothing nothing could ever show you that it's wrong. I I heard a quote recently, stand up for what you believe in unless and until knowledge and experience prove you wrong. And that's that's definitely something I've tried to work into my life, you know, say like if I can't actually hold up that this thing is is something I really uh, want to spend time with or really much more importantly than that, teach my children, I shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't be participating in it, even though that can come at some cost.
Um, the Ozzy and Metallica picks seem pretty pointed in as much as they're those acts, especially, you know, in the before time, uh, were trumped up as kind of anti-religious. Um, were those like pointed inclusions in part because of that? Absolutely. Yes, they were. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, even, even though at the, you know, when we were in high school, 
you you see the interviews with with him. You know, he actually seems like a pretty chill guy. You know, he's not like a demon or whatnot. You know, he may have once bit the head off a pigeon, but that was that was a long time ago. Um, so you know, even to say like you know, Ozzy Osbourne's the devil is already tried at this point. But yes, it still is representative of this to say like I am co-opting these dark messages into what I was at the time trying to make a lighter message. And you know, in in reality, it's I'm I'm really trying to say something that I could not even face at the time. I could not come out and say, Ben, we need to talk. <laughs> this isn't working. So this kind of helped me with that. kill I borrowed Jeb's rifle and sat on the hill I saw a lone rider crossing the plain I drew a bead on him to practice my aim my brother's rifle went off in my hand a shot rang out across the land the horse he kept running the rider was dead I hung my head I hung my head I hung my head I hung my head My God, I saw him He looked, he caught his dead And he was so bad I had to turn my head You beat him so hard That he was bent and lame And I know who everybody he knows I acted for our good I'd live him all the suffering if I could Don't believe our good Save him if I could Cut the confessions, forget the excuses I don't understand why you're filled with remorse All that you've said has come true with a vengeance The mob turned against him, you've backed the right horse what you have done will be the saving of Israel You'll be remembered forever for this And not only that, you've been paid for your efforts Pretty good wages for one little kid Christ, I know you can't hear me But I only did what you wanted 
And this is this is especially kind of hard because I had a personal relationship with the thing I would call Jesus, you know, like it's it's actually someone I spoke to. Whereas I now see I was talking to myself, you know, I'm I'm telling myself that I'm good enough and telling myself that I can do these things and that I can pray and and move on and, and all that. And, and th- this isn't uh, you know some uh, Nietzschean Superman thing, you know, where I'm just trying to like I have to be good enough to overcome what's in front of me. It's like I, it's good to be at peace with yourself and it's good to not hold yourself back because very much that was part of my life was being worried about overextended, being worried about putting yourself out there too much because you're just going to fall on your face because you're not going to make it. I'm not that I'm not that talented. <laughs> I don't have that many uh, amazing characteristics or not that I'm 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 sturdy and I'm stable and all that, but you know like I'm not amazing uh, about on about anything.
Unloved by Jan Arden and Jackson Brown. Big, big Jackson Brown fan. Oh my God. Loved him forever. Um, I heard this song randomly. Uh, I just recently got into Jan Arden and I, I came up, there was a, this duet and the lyrics and everything just really struck me. Uh, you know, about struggle and pain and loneliness and, and trying to reach other people and talking about there will be people that will not be reached. There will be, there will be people that will be unloved. And can we can we bridge that? Can we get there? No, we, we can't. You know, like it's it's just it's just sad, but it's true. And this is kind of where I was, just trying to think about like what good am I supposed to do on this earth? You know that story about the the boy who's going along the side of the ocean. And there's all these starfish that have washed up in the tide, and he's throwing them back in the water. And an older man comes up to him and says, "Why are you throwing those starfish back in? You can't possibly make a difference. There are millions of them." And the boy picks up another one and just pitches it back in the water and he says, "Made a difference for that one." It's dark And you can no longer see Just let my love throw a spark And 
been different though since not going to church and and all that i'm i've been amazed at how it's it's mostly been positive because first and first of first and foremost this is a story about love and this is a story about the people that i want in my life and i want to continue to have in my life um and it puts a really big barrier between two people to say that they have different faiths, different ways of looking at the world, you know, and and what morality is and, and everything. Um, I've been, I've actually been plussed by what I found that I can actually move forward with this because I want to live in my area. I want to live in small town, rural Southern Illinois. You know, that, that was always my, my goal. My best friends aren't necessarily there, um, but this is kind of where I want to build my life. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's been really good um, for all this. So I don't know how to word this question because I didn't anticipate it until we were talking, but this isn't the first time that one of your mixes has kind of changed in meaning or you realize that the meaning you endowed it with wasn't what you intended at the time. Um, And in a larger sense, going back and revisiting these volumes kind of lets you have a conversation with your past self. So I guess a 
do you have any thoughts about that? And B, how does that change how you appreciate the music? Because I think, and I, I don't know, I've, I mean, I've been doing this show a year and a half, so I should have a better sense of this, but it seems like peop, music, the meaning of music tends to stay static for people, and it locks them in a particular mindset. But for you you're always in communication with that meaning and it gets richer as your own understanding grows, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Oh boy. You, you said some great stuff there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're a genius, sir. Um, <laughs> please, please. When it comes to my own emotions and my own thoughts, um, I'm probably a pretty smart guy. Um, it's amazing how I can kind of call myself one thing and say that's good enough and not think about it anymore. I am not good about diving into my psyche and, you know, how I'm actually feeling about a thing. Um, Nikki and I often usually have to get into an argument before I realize how I feel about something. It's like, oh, I don't have genuine feelings. I just wasn't allowing myself to feel them. Um, these have been really amazing. And, and it, honestly, it's one of the reasons I love this show so much, especially I love, you know, that you let me participate in it is because there are real things I was trying to tell myself. I'm, I didn't put any of this on. I'm, I'm not looking back and saying, oh, yeah, it's probably me next Wednesday. It's like, I can remember what I was feeling when I wrote it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a truth I buried. There were some important things that I wasn't allowing myself to note with my own music at the time. So it, it's been really fascinating to go back and look at, you know, my own thoughts, almost like I'm sending messages to the future. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been neat, though. You've been listening to Blank Cassette, a proud member of the Nerdalogs family of podcasts. Blank Cassette is co-produced by Eric Arnault and Ian Williams. Special acknowledgement to honorary granddaddy producer Gary Lucy. All the music you just heard has been presented for critical and historical purposes only. If you want to hear complete versions of the songs, check out our Spotify playlist for each episode, or buy the songs through your favorite music retailer. Supporting the arts is the best. Thanks so much for listening. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs>